Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. St. Joan of France. Tell her to go. Sire, I forbid this treatment You forbid. You forbid the king. I forbid my father talking to my sister in such fashion. How dare you? Father. Get out. Hide your miserable, misshapen body from my sight. This was her father, Louis XI, King of France. Louis the Cruel. Louis the Blasphemous. Get out, you whimpering deformity. Out of my sight. Oh, I should be accursed with such a daughter as this. Out of my sight, I say. Or shall I banish you to some foreign island? Or have you hidden away in some dungeon to be mercifully forgotten? Hide from me. Hide behind the skirt of your priest. Turns my stomach no less than you do. Sire, I protest. Silence, you whelp. Or shall I forget that you are my son, an heir to the throne of France? Joan, leave us. (laughs) Please, dear sister, it were better that you leave us here alone. So you protest. I do, your majesty. What a noble love for such a sister. Her father should have twice as much. Get out. Get out of my sight. The girl had one champion, at least her brother, Prince Charles. And there was myself, whom she regarded as her friend. I was the priest to whom the king had referred. No, I didn't live at the palace, but I was allowed to journey there each morning. In a sense, I was the girl's religious instructor. And when the day was warm, we'd go out and walk about the palace grounds and talk. You're very pensive today, my child. 
I was just wondering, Father Gabriel. Oh? Come over here and sit beside me. Let's talk. I was, uh, thinking... Father, why did God make me like this? Well, now I fear we can only speculate. Perhaps somewhere, sometime, someone in your family line broke a law of nature. And you happen to be the innocent victim of that sin. It may be that. And so I must be punished for it. No, no, not punished. You suffer for it. Perhaps you are blessed because you are the innocent victim. Because you must suffer for a sin you never committed. As our Lord suffered for the sins of others. What a lovely thought. I think there must be a lot of truth in it, my child. I really think there must be. Perhaps it will help you to bear your lot and not to resent. Oh, Father, I don't resent. After all, there are so many others in the world like me. I'm not alone. And I know God loves me. Child, I will tell you this much. Not only does he love you very dearly, but in his sight you are very, very beautiful. I must remember that. But my father is so ashamed of me. He sees me in such an ugly light. It is more important how God sees you. Yes. I know. I know. Never forget that, my child. And then one day a visitor came to the palace, a nobleman. Louis, Duke of Orléans, and the king's nephew. Ah, Louis, what brings you to the palace? Uh, your majesty summoned me. Louis, I rejoice you found the time to come. How are you, my dear nephew? Oh, in the very best of health, uncle. Then by all means, let us pray that your state of good health continues. <laughs> it would grieve me if anything should happen to impair it. Oh, is there such a peril, your majesty? <laughs> oh, it, does it please your majesty to tell me why I am here? Well, not before we've had some wine. Pour some, Louis. As a matter of fact, it's from your province. Oh, my province is flattered. Most excellent wine, Louis. <clears throat> if it please your majesty. Thank you, my dear boy, thank you. Taste it, Louis. Drink, Louis. Have no fear. To your prolonged health, sire. Thank you, Louis, thank you. <laughs> You know, I'm very fond of you, Louis. Sire, I was never conscious of your fondness for me, and I rejoice in the newfound knowledge. You'll rejoice even more when you learn to what lengths I've decided to go to express this fondness for you, my dear boy. Oh? oh your majesty intrigues me, and this tender fondness for me, sire, how will it uh, manifest itself? Are you prepared? Oh, I brace myself, your majesty. I have decided to bestow the greatest blessing on you, Louis. Oh. I'm going to give you my own dear daughter in marriage. Your Majesty, I'm overcome. But I have no plans for marriage. Oh, the king has made your plans for you, Louis. Come, you seem to be ill. Oh, well... Do you shrink from such an alliance? Why, no, Your Can Majesty. Can it be that you scorn your cousin? <laughs> of course not. I... Do you find the prospect of making her your wife distasteful? Oh, forgive me, sire. How you were just overcome. Oh, completely, sire, completely. How could I have ever dreamed that your majesty would uh, choose me for his daughter? Your appreciation touches me, Louis. And, of course, sire, the inevitable result of this marriage will be that when I uh, ascend the throne, your daughter will be queen of France. <laughs> 
There is that, yes. But don't anticipate wearing the crown of France in this decade, Louis. Oh, no. Nor perhaps in the next. Your cousin Charles is next in line, you know. And I am not dead yet, am I? Oh, we have that for which to be eternally grateful, Your Majesty. So you must have patience. Mm. But in the meantime, you may console yourself with my daughter. Let us consider the matter of your marriage settled. It is settled, I suppose. Oh, my allegiance, Your Majesty. Take her away from Paris, Louis. I shall miss her, naturally. But take her away from here. You may go now, Louis. By your leave, Your Majesty. <laughs> Father Gabriel, have you heard? That you ought to be married. To my cousin Louis. Father, he despises me. How can he marry me? He obeys the king, I suppose. But no marriage should be like this one. My cousin is humiliated by being forced into marriage with me, and, and everyone in France is laughing about it. It is wicked, Father, and I am part of that wickedness. No, no, child. You are the victim of it. Victim? Will it always be this way? Oh, Father Gabriel, surely even for someone like me, there must be a better purpose in life. You will find purpose, my child. And so, with her marriage to Louis, Duke of Orléans, the girl ended one chapter of her life. And for a long time, I did not see her. Her father died, and her brother Charles became King of France. Meanwhile, Joan was kept hidden away at the ducal residence in Orléans, seldom seeing her husband, who spent most of his time in Paris. And then one night, Louis, mounted on a fast horse, sped homeward. it is. Oh, oh, Louis, I didn't know you were home. I, I'm in trouble. I need your help. What has happened? Wait, listen. No, no, no. I, I thought I heard horses. Louis, now what is the matter? It's your brother. He thinks I've been plotting against him. Have you, Louis? No! I swear I didn't. Oh, my wife, you have to stand by me. Listen. Horsemen coming along the road. The king's soldiers. Louis, are they coming for you? For God's sake, help me, Joan. You're the king's sister. He's, he's fond of you. He'll listen to you. I... Joan, I had to reach you. I had to talk to you before they arrest me. Now, you must tell me, Louis. Are you sure that you have not plotted against the king? I've already told you. Already sworn my innocence. Help me, Joan, please. They're here. And they know I'm here. You will have to surrender yourself, Louis. I know. I know. But promise me you'll help me. Yes, I promise. Open in the king's name. Well, 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 little sister, at least the matter brought you back here. Oh, it is so good to see you again, it's Charles. It's so good to see you, Joan. Oh, what a pity Louis has kept you so well hidden. 
I should have journeyed to see you, or I should have sent for you to come here. But things are not right here, and I... I scarcely dare close my eyes. Oh, how I wish I could help. And that's why you're here, isn't it? But not to help me, rather to help your worthless husband. He is innocent, Charles. I hear differently, Joan. He swears his innocence. Joan, he's next in line for the throne. He wants me dead. No, he is not so anxious to be king. The responsibility frightens him. Charles, I know this to be true. If there has been a plot against you, it's by men who want to see Louis King because they know him to be a weakling. I suppose it could very well be something of that sort. I am sure of it, Charles. And I'm bound to confess I have no actual proof of your husband's treason. I have no wish to go down in history as one who put the future king of France to death without evidence of guilt. Oh, no, that would be wrong. Well, I'll give the matter some thought. But if he's allowed to live, he'll owe his life to you, though I doubt him capable of any gratitude. I'm not looking for gratitude, Charles. Joan, sometimes I wonder what you are looking for. What you want out of life. I don't know. Your Majesty. You look rather pale, Louis. Oh, not without some reason, dear cousin Charles. I find myself deeply concerned about my wife, your sister. Oh? And her destitute future, should you condemn me to death without uh, cause, for I swear my innocence. Enough. Your Majesty. My sister has pleaded for your life, and so I give it to you. I cannot make her a widow. Though I think she would be no worse off if she were one. But keep one thing in mind. I will not be so tolerant next time. Now, be gone. Gracious Majesty. You pleaded my cause. I spoke to Charles. To plead the cause of justice, yes. You ought to be commended. You saved your brother from blackening his name. He should be very grateful to you. I think you did well. And then in the course of time, Louis came to the throne as Louis Twelfth of France. And Joan became queen and remained a royal outcast. Her appearance at the coronation was her last in public. Now in her late thirties, she remained in the obscure background. For Louis and his royal court, she barely existed. But it was a situation that could not long endure. Good morning, madam. Good morning, Louis. May I have a word? We exchange so few. Louis. Two, very true, yes. Ours is a sad and very unhappy and fruitless relationship, and through no choice of our own. I might add a marriage that has never been consummated. I am not a very attractive person. I'm aware of that. A wife rejected. Yes? And the Queen of France should not be rejected. You'll agree to that. What is it you want to say, Louis? Well, let us be honest. Uh, tragically, you are not suited for your role as Queen of France. Again, forgive a brutal truth. Now, look at me. King of France, and my private life is a scandal, and I'm laughed at. Because you are burdened with me. Yes, alas, madam. What do you want of me, Louis? Freedom. Freedom? 
annulment of our marriage. Our marriage is a, an empty thing, something neither of us wanted. Now it is essential that my queen should be the mother of the next king of France. And in the name of France, I beg you not to create difficulties to stand in the way of this useless marriage being dissolved once and for all. Father Gabriel, I have no one to talk to but you. You gave him his life. And now... But he is right. I am no queen. There should be one. And so you will let him have his way? I cannot make the decision. You will let him make it for you? No, I have agreed to let the Holy Father decide. Louis has sent a messenger to Rome. Well, with the present Pope, Alexander, there can be no doubt of the outcome. It's in his hands. Your Majesty, my child, life has not been too kind to you, has it? Father, life owes me nothing. What have I put into this life that God gave me? I have done no great harm, but neither have I done any great good. Certain things have been denied me, that's true, but not every door has been closed to me. I could have given more of myself. That could be said of everyone. But I am the Queen of France at this moment. And I am the daughter of a king. How shall I be remembered when I die with pity and some amusement? Father Gabriel, when a person dies, he should know he's left some kind of monument to himself, a monument to the good he did while he lived, something to say that he did not just exist for himself alone. Father, were I to die tomorrow, how could I face my Lord with the knowledge that I contributed so little to others? There are others whose need is greater than mine. My child, now at this lowest ebb in your fortunes, you can turn your thoughts to such matters. You know, once several years ago, I said you would find a purpose. I think you are just now finding it. There will be certain documents which you will be asked to sign, of course. If you read them, you will see that I have provided for you uh, handsomely. I've given you land and estate. You will continue to live in the luxury to which you're accustomed. What are you saying, Louis? That we are uh, almost free of each other. The Holy Father in his wisdom is granting us uh, an annulment. I'm grateful to you, madam, for not causing unnecessary problems. Most grateful. With your majesty's permission, I shall remove myself from the palace at once. Oh, of course. Yes, uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I uh, have many affairs to attend to. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Please give me strength. She had always sought to hide from public view. If she traveled, it was usually at night and always in a closed carriage. Now, for the first time in her life, she rode in an open carriage in broad daylight. Her marriage had been annulled. She was no longer Queen of France, but she was recognized in the streets of Paris. Look what we've got here! The ex-Queen herself! Look at her! Look who wanted to be Queen of France! Look at her! Look at her! Even her own father laughed at her! Out of my 
eyesight pitiful wizened creature. Hide from me quickly. Hide your miserable misshapen body from my sight. Get out, you whimpering deformity. Or oh, that I should be accursed with such a daughter. Out of my sight. Or shall I banish you to some foreign island? <laughs> Sackcloth? A royal princess wears sackcloth and takes refuge behind convent walls? I just came here for the moment, Father Gabriel. I must collect my thoughts. I know about what happened in Paris. They laughed at you. I should have known they would. People can be cruel, my child. Unbelievably cruel sometimes. Oh, Father, I wanted to do so much. But I couldn't do anything until I could bring myself to appear in public. So that was it. I wanted to go among the poor, Father. The sick, and I wanted to help them. But now? I don't know, Father Gabriel. I can't appear in public again. I must go on hiding myself. They mocked our Lord, too, you know. They jeered him, humiliated him. He did not hide from them. And he had compassion for them. But I don't know what to do or where to go. Nor can I fight your fight for you, my child. Nor can I give you the strength you need. But he can. I have prayed, Father. Pray with faith. Pray with assurance and without any doubt. But pray. And so we talked, as we had talked in the now long ago, of our Lord's everlasting love for each one of us and his personal interest in each one of us. And after a while, she began, I think, to feel better. Oh, my Lord Jesus, if I am to be laughed at, let it be in thy name. And in thy service, oh, my Lord, in thy strength I will serve thee, knowing there can be no greater purpose in my life, the life thou gavest me. was a new queen of France, and even the memory of Joan was obliterated from the palace gossip. She had been an outcast, and now, it seems, she did not even exist. And yet that could not have been true, because King Louis sent for me one day, and when I was shown into his private chamber, we were left alone. She possesses land and estates, but she seems to have abandoned them. What has become of her? Her work should soon be coming to your majesty's attention. Oh? The Holy Father has already been made aware of it, and he is very, very pleased. Then am I the last to know? Are there secrets to be kept from the King of France? Come, take me into your priestly confidence. She has founded a religious order. Oh. The Order of the Nuns of the Annunciation of the Blessed Virgin. 
Her community is growing larger every day, sire. And the Holy Father has sanctioned this uh, activity? With his blessing. Well, then I join mine to his. I, I never laughed at her, you know. No one laughs at her now, sire. Not even the people in the streets. Streets that yield a harvest. She is taking girls off these streets, and they are coming into the service of our Lord. And she is feeding the poor and the needy. I never laughed at her, even if I rejected her. Our Lord has not rejected her, and she finds his love most satisfying, Your Majesty. She is happier than she ever dreamed she could be. Could I but find such happiness? Because of her deformities, she could have grown into bitter womanhood. Because of shame, she could have hidden herself. Instead, she found love and a complete life in her love for our Lord. For in his sight, she was radiant and beautiful. This St. Joan of France. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.